morning. It's been a while since I've uh, stood up here to uh, present a message, so it's kind of an interesting time for me. Yeah, I'm, uh, <clears throat> I am recovering a little bit, so if I feel like I'm going to collapse, good I guess. <clears throat> this was a message that's kind of meant as, a, as supposed to be an encouragement to us. But at the same time, hopefully it challenges us as well. Um, too often uh, we hear typically of like, especially celebrity conversions, and only to hear of a few years later them falling away or or doing taking up a a, a pattern less or less than orthodox. Um, to be fair, I don't think any of them enters into Christianity with notions of leaving the way, if you will. But, but somewhere along the journey, uh, they wander off the path and or fall prey to deceitful, unorthodox teachers. And uh, not unlike what Pilgrim experienced in John Bunyan's classic tale. But if you will, uh, stand with me and uh, we'll read uh, God's word and pray. So, um, our, our scripture this morning is from 1 Peter 4.16. <clears throat> Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. You may be seated. Let's pray, if you will. Thank you, Father, for your kindness to me, kindness to us, and first loving us when we did not deserve it. We thank you, Lord, for your kindness and in bringing us your word this morning. Uh, guide me as I bring it. Uh, give us ears to hear and uh, the courage and the strength to respond as necessary. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. A little bit different message for me, but I don't know why I was I was kind of uh, thought I should try to try to share it with you all. Uh, I was inspired by a couple of different sources. Uh, our own pastor and his exposition of Acts, uh, and particularly verse eleven twenty six. Where we learn that in, in, in quote, uh, in 11.26, in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. And then the second source of uh, my inspiration for this was an article uh, written by Janie B. Cheney uh, in um, the January 29th issue of this year of World Magazine entitled <clears throat> Everywhere Spoken Against. Uh, Zach has done a superb job, I think, uh, has done a great job of laying out the the early foundation of the church and all that it entailed in those early days. Uh, While Ms. Cheney's comments about the state of the adherence some 2,000 years hence. With those considerations, I've, with those considerations, I've contemplated what it means to be a Christian or be called by that name. The word Christian actually only shows up three times, only appears three times in the New Testament. Uh, the two verses I've just mentioned uh, in 1 Peter 4.16 and then Acts 11.26, uh, 
and also in um, uh, Acts twenty six twenty eight. <clears throat> Interestingly, early use may have been a pejorative. They're not really sure that it was meant to be just actually rec- recognizing someone who was a follower of Christ, but rather it could have been sort of a way to um, identify people you you disagreed with or disliked a lot. Um, I guess things haven't really changed that much, though. Uh, we hear the term Christian used by the world uh, as someone who fanatically ascribes, typically by the world, at the world and and various people who who uh, are at odds with Christianity. They'll they they see us sometimes as people who ascribe to a, a practice not anchored in reality. Uh, the world often sees Christians as backward practitioners of some strange philosophy or one of many philosophies uh, out there and who are not able to think for themselves and need a crutch. I don't think <clears throat> I don't think we'll ever get past that type of characterization this side of heaven or until our Lord comes back. So who are we? When we hear the word Christian, what does that what does that mean, and what do you suppose that means? It sounds like to people, but I think most importantly is who we are, and and our and our foundation is in Scripture. I think, and I've got four points to, along that line. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Christians are a disciple, a disciple of Christ. Secondly, people we are people of of the promise. Uh, thirdly, uh, we are evangelists. And fourthly, we are a fallen, imperfect people who look forward to eternity with Christ. And this list is neither exclusive nor limited to these points alone. On the first point, we are disciples of Christ. That is, each has responded to the gospel call, repenting and believing on Jesus Christ. We are made followers, as Paul summarizes this in Ephesians 1, 4 through 14. He, God the Father, chose in him, Christ, that is Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. To the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. In all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he has set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time. To unite all things to him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, 
who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, the praise of his glory. This, these words compel us to live a life unto Christ. That is who we are in humble gratitude, forsaking everyone and picking up our cross to follow him on a daily basis. We have a rich heritage. On the second point, we are the people of the promise. That means we have history. From Genesis 3.15 and Genesis 12. All the way through Revelation. The author of Hebrew 11 lays out our biblical heritage since the first century. And, and since the first century, we have seen, we have a record of humble, persevering saints dedicated to the leading of the church and rightly dividing the word. The names seem to go on endlessly, but some of the ones that first come to our mind is Irenaeus, Augustine, Huss, Luther, Spurgeon, Machen, and Sproul, just to name a few. The church has written its own hall of fame in these and countless others. Third, we are evangelists. Jesus gave us the commission of Matthew 28. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Our own salvation and history compel us to us in our task. To whom much is given, much is required. The good news was meant to be shared. And to God's glory, has been brought, it has brought hope and salvation to millions throughout the centuries. However, this alone often leads to suffering from which we receive untold blessing, all done by faithful, albeit imperfect Christians. And I think that's definitely reflective of our verse today. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. And to our last point, we are a fallen and imperfect people who have continually shot ourselves in the foot and repeatedly. Very, very early in my Christian life, and I heard this, and probably you've all heard this, that, that that expression where Christians are famous for shooting their own wounded. Uh, Janie B. Cheney uh, wrote in this same article that I referenced, uh, quoted John 4.20, he who does not love his brother, whom he has not seen, whom, excuse me, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. Then she went on to write, scorning the church for her checkered past and conflicted present harms the soul in two ways. It makes mere mortals the arbiters of holiness and deprives them of sanctification through loving fellow Christians in spite of themselves and vice versa. I'll read that once more. 
scorning the church for her checkered past and conflicted present, harms the soul in two ways. It makes mere mortals the arbiters of holiness, and it deprives them of sanctification through loving fellow Christians in spite of themselves, and vice versa. We readily recognize the scorners of the church today. This is not always done with those who outright speak badly of the church, but is also done by those who spurn sound teaching and the word of God. I know this is a short message, but in conclusion, we Christians, that is, we who are hypocrites, self-righteous, self-righteous, lacking compassion, sometimes gospers, and wayward sheep at times, have made for, to quote Janie Cheney, as a, quote, ugly bride stumbling down the aisle to glorification. That's me and that's you. So glory to glory to so to the glory of God, he has loved us, honored us and promised us an eternity in heaven in spite of our sin and shortcomings. Those who go by the name of Christian. Amen.